Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! house it's me it's your man it's your main man it's old walls and i'm back again ladies and gentlemen episode number 70 70 70 coming your way got a fun show coming before we get to that everybody knows the rules we got to do that housekeeping if you guys could please rate review comment subscribe we're doing that on youtube we're doing that on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts Amazon Podcasts, wherever else you can find it. I know I've seen it on like uh, Stitcher and some other weird shit like that. There's like some other weird couple things. But yeah, subscribe on Apple, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify. Those are the big three. Hit Google, hit Amazon while you're at it too, though, if that's the way you guys roll. Uh, make sure you share it with your friends. Make sure you share it with your friends. I'm throwing out a thank you to everybody. So guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back and coming back and listening. I appreciate all you. I appreciate everybody. I'm going to continue to say thank you to my man, Big KEV, Big Kevin. Uh, he's going to be known as our producer from now on because that's what he's doing. He's essentially producing this show. So producer notes for Kevin Davenport. He's our guy here. Uh, so Big Kevy, appreciate it. Love you, man. Uh, thanks for doing all you do for this. So uh, quick preview of the app. Just a solo app. Just me. We're talking some golf. We're talking some fights. We're talking some playoffs. MLB and NHL, or sorry, NBA and NHL. I'm skipping forward. Speaking of MLB, I'm back. I'm an Indians. Ah! I'm a Guardians fan again. Cleveland Guardians. I have watched like seven games in eight days or something like that. I'll talk about that later too. So I'm all the way back in. So this is a fun show. So without any further ado, got further ado, guys. Let's get to it. Okie dokie, everybody. Uh, let's get started with some golf. The Wells Fargo Championship this week. This was an elevated event. The problem was, Wyndham Clark made it kind of boring. Like, I was pumped up for this golf tournament. I really was. And then, come Saturday, Wyndham Clark goes out and shoots 63. After shooting 67-67, and... Starts the day with a two-up lead on Sunday and never really relents. Shoots a 68. The chasers, the main chaser, Xander Shoffley, shoots one under. Doesn't really do much. Only buddy, the only person in the top five that made a move was Harris English. He shot 69 and moved up two spots. Uh, Denny McCarthy moved up 26 spots to T8 with the 66, but nowhere near contention. Finishes at nine under. Well back of Wyndham Clark at 19 under, and I believe I stopped watching, but yep, he made bogey on 18. I was really pumped for this tournament. It was an elevated event. Wyndham Clark's going to get a big, big payday for himself. This is a big win for this guy, like an up-and-comer who, who could really use this. Zero career wins going into this. Um. One runner-up, one third place, and only four top fives. A dude who just 
bombs it. Absolutely bombs the golf ball. This is a good win for him. He had made $2.4 million this year. Nothing crazy. Like, let's see where his wins for uh, a fifth at the Valspar. That's a good fifth. A sixth at Corrales Puticales, or Corrales Puticana. Not much there. Uh, a third at Zurich. Again, nobody there. A T29 at RBC, T27 at the players. Like, solid finishes. Don't get me wrong. Very solid finishes. But this is a huge win for this dude. Uh, T34 at Arnold Palmer. T33 at the Jensen. T10 at Phoenix. T37 at Farmers. I'll tell you what. For not winning, and like not T10, and this dude has been hanging around that T25 range. And again, let me reiterate this. This dude hits it deep, deep. I mean, deep. Um, I mentioned uh, Harris English, um, Tyrrell Hatton. Tyrrell Hatton is a guy I think is going to win a big event very, very, very soon. I know he's won, like uh, he he won Arnold Palmer a couple years ago, um, but I think this dude is due to win a major. Uh, a players, uh, you know, a playoff event, something like that. I think this dude is winning something soon. He only has one PGA Tour win. I am surprised by that. I am surprised by that. He's made $18 million. He's had to made a lot of that this year. Just shy of $5 million this year. He hit that shot at the players where he started the one out over the water that was for like $2 million, essentially. Does it show what he made at the players? doesn't that's bullshit that's annoying just show me how much money he made pgatour.com but yeah he finished second at the arnold at the players t4 at the arnold palmer t59 at the match play so that means he got bumped in the first round i think that's what they're doing cut at the valero t34 at the masters only broke par one day at the masters i don't know i'm on this guy t19 at heritage i am all in on this dude and I don't know exactly why, but I, I'm in. I will say this. Uh, I, I want to mention Tommy Fleetwood, Adam Scott. Those guys were around the whole time, too, by the way. They were around. Nothing crazy. They weren't really lighting it up, but they were around. First elevated event that didn't really deliver. I thought all the other elevated events had delivered to the nth degree. This one, not so much. I mean, I guess you can't bat a thousand. Like, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know what more to say. You can't bat a thousand. There's just, it, it can't be done. Can't can't win with them. Can't be done. That's that's a totally different thing, guys. Don't don't play into that. But yeah, you, every other elevated event I think has been fantastic for the most part. I'm trying to go back here. Let me see the schedule. Byron Nelson next week. Uh, let me go backwards. No, not upcoming. Full schedule. Thank you. Thank you. Not the stupid shit in the fall. Here we go. Let me, uh, Century was good. John Rahm, winner, good winner. Uh, Farmers was good. Was that an elevated? Farmers was not an elevated. Still a good event. Uh, Pebble. Uh, Phoenix was fantastic. Genesis was good. Arnold Palmer, Kurt Kudyama. That was a fun finish, actually, for Kurt Kudyama being a winner. Uh, players, eh, it was okay. Uh, it, it was okay. So, I mean, I guess there's been some. 
match play was good on the semifinals. I mean, that's as much as you can ask from the match play, I think. Uh, Masters was the Masters. A little boring because John Rom got kind of away from it. RBC Heritage. Ah, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Maybe the best event of the year. <laughs> Maybe the best event of the year. Okay, so it, they're not batting a 1,000, but it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Uh, let's go over to the fight game, shall we? I, I think we, I don't think there's much else. Oh, yes, there is. There's two things. I can't believe I was going to skip these. I apologize. Sorry, I was moving the mic around there. I apologize a million times. First off, Joe LaCava is now going to be the all-time caddy for Pat Cantlay. Cantlay split with his caddy. Joe LaCava is, is kind of a guy that's like been out there. Tiger hasn't been playing much. The dude still loves the caddy by all accounts. So this makes sense. He asked Tiger. Tiger's laid up again. May not play again this year. This is a chance to get on a young dude's bag. I mean, how young is Cantlay now? Is Cantlay that young anymore? Let's look it up. Let's look it up, people. Um, But it's a chance to get on a younger guy's bag. He's 31, so he's like he's hitting the prime of the golf. Like golf prime is like 28 to like 38. And Cantley's getting there. So he's getting right into it. So Joe LaCava gets on a young dude's bag and gets to get in there for the prime. A dude is going to make a lot of money with a new setup of the tour where people are making a lot of money. That's a no-brainer. Tiger gave him the the all good, which makes sense. We've seen this in the past with big caddies. Um, Bones leaves Phil, gets on Justin Thomas's back. Like, this makes sense. This sounds like something that could be very good for Pat Cantlay. That could maybe push him over the edge. Maybe he could just get pushed to play a little faster, just a bit, just a bit. The other golf thing. This one. This is something. I need to preface this again. And that I don't care about live dudes going and getting the money. I'm not the dude who stand up here like if someone offered me that kind of money, I don't think I'd think too many times about where it's coming from. Like, give me the money and I'll do some good with it, right? Lee Westwood here. <clears throat> I believe he just resigned his uh, PGA Tour or European Tour uh, membership. Lee says, and I quote, the way I view it is, that as a European Tour member, I was allowed to be a member of the PGA Tour without any problem for all those years. Tell me, what is the difference? Just because Live is founded by the Saudis, the European Tour has jumped fully in bed with the PGA Tour. Sorry, I don't want to play under that sort of regime. Regime. Regime is a really rich fucking take there, Lee. Like, regime? We're going regime. On the PGA Tour. I get it. You got beef with the PGA Tour. I can, I really can get behind, like, understanding that you are mad at the PGA Tour. You're not happy with what the PGA Tour did. Maybe they should have talked to these people who want to set up the Super Golf League. Maybe they should have dealt with fucking the Saudis. But you're going to call the PGA Tour a fucking regime. A regime? And you're going to be funded by the Saudis. My guy. What are we doing here? Are we for real? 
The Saudis are an actual regime. You may not like the way the PGA Tour does business. I get it. You may want to take the money from the Saudis. I'm all I'm on board. I have said from day one, take the fucking money. I would. I probably would. Like if I'm in that situation, if I'm in a situation, let's just put it this way. If I'm in a situation where someone offers me double my salary, I'm probably not asking any questions. But we're gonna call the PGA Tour a regime? A regime? Come on. Let's not do this. You're playing for people who cut people's heads off. They fucking chop people into pieces. You can't be calling the PGA Tour a regime. Come on, Lee. Figure it out, buddy. Lee. Oh, Lee. Lee, we've missed something. Something is... We're, we're, we're not going like that. We're not simpatico here, buddy. We're like, whoop, whoop, whoop. A regime. The Saudis, they murder thousands, thousands. But we're calling the PGA Tour regime. Oh, okay. Okay, buddy. Just shut the fuck up and take your money. I think that's all anybody in the sports world has wanted. You want to go play for them? Cool. Shut the fuck up and take your money. You know who no one has a fucking problem with? Dustin Johnson. You know why? He shuts the fuck up and just takes the money. He said, I'm going to work less and get paid more. I'm in. No arguments, DJ. No arguments. Shut the fuck up and take the money. <sighs> this isn't going to be the only time I freak out on this episode, guys. Okay, fight game. I don't think there's any freakouts coming here. Uh, let's just roll right into the fight game. Uh, let's start with boxing. Canelo. He takes care of John Ryder, knocks him down in the fifth. I believe the uh, let me let me double check this. But I believe there was a one twenty one oh seven. There was and then two one nineteen one oh eight. Let me double check. Let me double check. But this was the uh, the exact reason why I didn't buy. Like why I was I wasn't staying up. I wasn't buying the fight. This wasn't a pay per view worthy card. Like Canelo was clearly going to outmatch this guy. There was a 120-107 and then two 118s, 109. Interesting. Can I actually see those cards? Uh, CBS Boxing had it 118-109. It, it just, it, this was the reason why I didn't get it. Like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pay-per-view worthy card. This was the card that should have been on DAZN, but in like the regular subscription. Like this was the Canelo fight. I would have stayed up. I would have sat down. I would have watched. Okay. Uh, judge Jeremy Hoyes. Jeremy Hoyes. I don't know any of these judges. Yeah, he had a 100% a complete shutout. 120-107 with a knockdown. So 120-108 would be the full regular. Um, Someone, that's a Martinez, I believe. On the green scorecard, it's cut off on the picture I'm reading. Uh, gave the tenth, I think. There's some there's some editing done here. The tenth and twelfth to Ryder that makes it one eighteen one oh nine. And John Rape Rapier? No, sorry, that was the challenge. Oh, that was John Ryder. That is an awful, goddamn awful handwriting. Joe Pasquala. 
Sure. Gave the 10th and 11th to John Ryder for 118-109. So the 10th round went to Ryder on two cards, so he must have done well there. Canelo got the knockdown in the 5th. Seemed to cruise. Again, there was a reason why I wasn't in a buy in this fight. This wasn't a real challenge for Canelo. I don't know what he said. I haven't looked up to see what he said after the fight. I'm not crazy about seeing him fight Bevel again. I will buy that one, though. I'm, I'm, I will buy that. I'm all in on that. I'll watch it. I shouldn't say I'm all in. I'm in on watching it. I don't love the matchup. I think there are better matchups out there for him. We got to do what we got to do. I think that's probably the way he's going from last I heard, last I read. But I don't love it. I'd love to see him fight. I, I want to see him fight Jermall. Yeah, Jermall Charlo. J-E-R-M-A-L-L, Charlo. The 160-pounder who's been talking about coming up to 168. I'd like to see him fight Dem- David Benavides at 168. I'd be a little more interested in Bevel if that fight's at 168 for all the titles. I'm not super, super thrilled about seeing him go back up to 75 to fight Bevel, but there's still intrigue there, like to see if Canelo can pull it off. So we'll see. Um, Elsewhere in the fighting world, UFC 288. I don't have it pulled up on my thing here. Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. It's on the first tab. I pulled it up so early. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, fifth round decision, five round decision, rather not fifth round decision. Uh, elsewhere on the card, people I picked, I picked Cron Gracie. He lost, so 0-1-1. Ooh, Mavzar Ilov. I feel like I picked Diego because I could pronounce his name better. Not sure. Not sure. Oh, no, I didn't even pick that. I picked Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell fight didn't happen, apparently. Canceled. So Diego Lopez was a fill-in, so we don't count that one. So we're 0-1. I definitely picked Jessica Andrade because I cannot pronounce Jean Gian, Gianan's name. Probably murdered that. I picked Bilal Muhammad because I thought Gilbert Burns was you know coming off a month rest. I picked Alfred Frank Sterling. Apparently, that was a great fight. It was a close fight. It was 3-2 on a lot of scorecards. Henry Cejudo won on a card. And apparently, one of the cards that... Aljamain Sterling won on one of the rounds that he won was a disputed kind of round where like the other two cards had Henry Cejudo winning. So this was uh this was a tight fight. I got a text from a uh, contributor to the show. Coach Jeff Slanovic said Henry Cejudo and Aljamain Sterling in a hell of a fight. I'm gonna let you guys know. I was fast asleep, fast asleep. I was asleep at about nine o'clock, about nine o'clock. Not going to lie. No fucks given. Uh, the card kicked off, and Old Walls was snoozing. Old Walls was snoozing. So yeah, so two and two, not bad. I will, uh, I will take it. Let's uh, let's talk some NBA and NHL playoffs here for a sec. Playoffs. Just watched as I was kind of like writing up the show. Just watched the end of the Sixers and the Celtics game. Sixers tie up the series. Uh, one James Harden with a uh, a three to take the lead late late in the fourth quarter, about 15 seconds left, and uh, 
then the Celtics do not, in fact, get a shot off. Do not get a shot off. I think that ties, yeah, ties it up 2 2. 116, 115 Celtics win in, or sorry, 76ers win in overtime. And yeah, Marcus Smart's shot does not get off. So the, the Celtics and the Sixers, they're tied. They're going to play again Monday, Monday, 730 TNT. Um, Warriors, Lakers, which are the sixth and the seventh seed, which is just fucking laughable. The NBA needs to fix the regular season. And I know these sports like baseball, we're going to get there, basketball, NHL, they've got these long regular seasons. And they kind of need them to pay for what they do. But when you see the the Sixer, the, the Warriors and the Lakers, and they're playing in the semifinals at the sixth and seventh seed. Really? Like, come on. Uh but the uh the Lakers lead that one 2-1. They play again May 8th. That is Monday. So when this show comes out, that game will have already happened. Recording Sunday night here. The Nuggets and the Suns are playing tonight. Tonight, Denver leads in that one, 2-1. Interesting, interesting. Also Monday, excuse me. <sighs> Gotta love a good beer. Also Monday, the uh, the Heat and the Knicks are playing. Miami leads that one, 2-1. Uh, speaking of that, Coming out of the first round, the Miami Heat beat the Milwaukee Bucks, who then decided to go and fire their coach. Who won the NBA playoffs, the NBA finals, two years ago? 2021. That guy won the NBA title. I believe they went to the final, the Eastern Conference finals last year. Am I correct in this? Let me look. Let me see if I can find it. I believe the Bucs were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And now we're getting bumped. Well, this is just talking about their stupid jerseys. Don't care. Is there just like a... Give me the give me the season-by-season season records. That's what we're looking for. 2021 NBA. Oh, they lost in the Conference Semis last year to Celtics. Went 51 and 31 in the regular season. Went 58 and 24 this year and lost to the Heat. I know Giannis was out for a game. I mean, you shouldn't lose, but two years removed from the NBA Finals and you're firing your coach. Oof. Oofta. 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 Um, so, yeah, it's as of now, it's trending. Towards Lakers, Suns, or sorry, Lakers, Nuggets, beating the Suns with Kevin Durant. Knicks, and who knows with Sixers, Celtics. So, fun stuff upcoming. Uh, NHL playoffs. Out West, we got a couple of tied series. Vegas and Edmonton. Kraken and Dallas. Uh, watched the game with my man Deep Dish. Turns out we were both traveling for work last week and ended up in the exact same town and stayed in the exact same hotel. We watched some uh, some hockey. Watch some watch a Stars game after uh, his uh, his Devils just got pumped. 
Sorry, Dish, your Devils suck. Well, they made the playoffs. I mean, I know, better than my Flyers. But yeah, the uh, the Stars uh, ended up losing the game. Joe Pavalski, four goals in that game. Four goals. My brother played in a club championship against him. Uh, my brother uh, formerly played mini-tour golf, played with a lot of pros. Um, some got Robert Garrigus. I think he's played with Martin Laird. Uh, trying to think of some, uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Marty Jertson, who has qualified for multiple PGA uh, championships and made the cut of them, made the cut of the Shriners Open. So, like, he's played with some dudes who played on tour. Says Joel Pawlowski is the best non-pro golfer he's ever played with. So, just just that, just that there. Uh, yeah, so the Florida Panthers, after upsetting the Bruins, they get out to a 2-0 lead over Toronto. So we're trending towards Florida, Carolina, warm weather, Eastern Conference finals. And we've got the Seattle Kraken, which is continues the run of of new NHL teams to make a run, which is just wild. I mean, Vegas made it in their first year. Seattle's in their second year. And then Vegas, obviously warm weather, Dallas, warm weather. I mean, the only traditional kind of hockey Hockey town, you got, you can kind of say New Jersey, maybe, but I mean, Edmonton, otherwise, I mean, I'm not much of a hockey guy, but you know, that, uh, that seems to be the only kind of hockey town that's left alive. So that, uh, that, that kind of wraps up all the different stuff we were talking about here. So let's, uh, what do you say we move on to the next thing, guys? Something's happened. I am. All the way back in on baseball. I don't know the last time I've been this interested in baseball. I've talked to to our good friend Ethan E. Sexton, you know, baseball baseball guru for us. I really much enjoyed the playoffs last year, but it was kind of like a get to know you with the Indians. Guardians, I swear to God, I'm not doing this on purpose. As my good friend Deep Dish says, the Guardian Indians. I'm all the way in. I have watched in the last week. I watched a game on Friday. They started a series with the Red Sox. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've watched nine games since Friday last week. Nine games in 10 days. They were off one day. I've watched every game. I don't know what's happened. I, I, I just, I don't understand. I'm all the way in. I'm back. I've got the MLB TV thing. I, uh, I'm it. I, I don't even know what to say. The last time I was disinvolved in Cleveland baseball, they were the Indians. It was on their playoff run in 2016. I got all the way in on them. I watched a lot of their games in 2017 again. I famously, famously that year, I watched the last game they lost before they went on a 22-game winning streak, longest winning streak in Major League history, BT-Dub. Did not watch another game because I, I, I watched them lose the last time. I was at the TCC invite, didn't watch any of the games. They go on a winning streak. I don't start watching again. I figure I'm going to like not watch them for like five games. Next thing you know, 22 games later, they're in a dogfight. Producer Excellente, 
big KEV is actually at my house, at my apartment, and I'm like, screw it. If they're going to break the record and win 21 games in a row, I think I watched them win the 21st game, and then they lost the or when they, whatever it was. I watched them win the game. I turned it on. So that's 2017. That's the last time I watched them, like, and I was just demoralized when they gagged in the playoffs to the Yankees. That's the last time I've been that invested in baseball. 2018, they weren't as good, and I don't even know if they made the playoffs. Let me look. Playoffs. 2018, Cleveland Indians. Does he even let you search it? I bet. 2018, Cleveland. No, they went 91 and 71. Maybe I watched them a little bit in 2018. What they do in the playoffs? Why, why doesn't it tell me what they did in the playoffs? Oh, they got swept. They got swept by the Astros. Oh, I remember that year. Oh, I remember that year. They got their fucking asses kicked. What happened in 2019? 2019, they went 93 and 69 too, but were eight games back of the Twins. Did they even make the playoffs? They did not even make the playoffs. They went 93 and 69 and didn't make the playoffs. 2020, I think they made the playoffs. That was a weird year. God, they've been a solid team. They did not make the playoffs in 2021. Whatever. I'm all the way back in. I'm all the way back in. So I, I don't know what to say. I like the, I, damn it, the Guardians. I like the Guardians again. I'm trying, people. I think the Indians is a way better name, by the way. The Indians, they're in Major League. Chief Wahoo. I know, it's probably offensive. I get it. I get it. But the Guardians, it's funny. This is totally off topic. But when you think about any sports name, people are like, oh, the Guardians suck. The Commanders, that's a shitty name. The Green Bay Packers. The Boston Red Sox. The Chicago White Sox. The Oakland Athletics. The Chicago Bears. Like, all sports names suck. You just get fucking used to them. There's going to be kids growing up in Cleveland like, the Guardians. The Indians was a dumb name. People grow up with what they like. You know, like you can remember there was always like some stadium or team that your parents were like, oh, they're always going to be the fucking team names are stupid. Team names are really stupid. So the Guardians are fine. It's fine. It really is. Like that's not the hill to die on. Get behind the team. We like the team. Like we like what the Cleveland baseball team is. There's a small market team. They got to do what they got to do. You know, maybe Larry Dolan could spend a couple extra dollars. He does from time to time. It's not great. It's not the worst. We could be fucking Oakland. But again, I'm all the way back in on Cleveland baseball. I don't know why. I don't know why. I had a request to talk about human humps or the automatic strike zone. I have a very simple answer to this. You can get it right every time. Or half the time, you can get it very fucking wrong. Which one do you want? Pretty simple. Pretty simple discussion for me. Just get it fucking right. Just get it fucking right. Automatic umps, 
make it happen. What's the fucking deal? I don't understand. I don't know why this is a hard thing. Like, is the three-point line sometimes, like, 19 feet and then sometimes 20 feet? Is it sometimes a touchdown when you've made it, when it's, you know, the football field's 100 yards, you start at the 25? Do you sometimes have to make it 75 yards to score a touchdown, or do you have to make it 85 yards sometimes? Like, the thought process behind, like, oh, the human error is a part of it. Why? Why? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. This was coming from uh, my man Jay Clark. Clarky's Corner wanted to know what I thought about the human ums for the robots. Give me the fucking robots. Only here. Only here. Because robots will kill us. They will kill us all. But in this case, just get it right. Like, why, why, why do we want to get it wrong half the time? What? Just so some dude behind the plate can feel good about himself and try, yeah, I'm like, I'm you're strike three, dog. Fuck off. Just get the call right. Just tried to pull my earphone out there. So I don't know. Actually, I do know. I don't, I don't not know. I know. Automatic umps. I love the pitch clock. It's fantastic. It's brought me back to baseball. Give me some automation in the sport of baseball. The shift, whatever. But, yeah. What do you guys say we move on to some passing thoughts? What do you think? Let's get a good drink for this. <sighs> we need some more. We need some more beverage. It's passing thoughts time. That's a Miller Light. His Bud Light. We won't go there. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Started listening to a new podcast lately. Uh, started listening to the History Doesn't Suck podcast. Caught uh, some later episodes. I think they're in the range of like 130, 132, like somewhere in that type. I can look. I have restarted it. It is a like kind of like a comprehensive walkthrough of American history. They're up to... 132 episodes. I caught, I, I, he's at like the world, he's at like World War One. This is a gentleman by the name of, what is it? Professor Greg Jackson, I think. Yes, Professor Greg Jackson. I think Utah State. That's where he's a professor at. I am back on, uh, I listened to four episodes up in the 130s. I'm back at one, th or at 12. I'm on the 13. Uh, pretty much the end of the Revolutionary War. Great walkthrough. Of American history. Really, really fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. I like to share with you what I enjoy and what kind of, um, you know, gets me through the days. Gets me through the long drives. Gets me through the flights. You know, gets me through my uh, my times traveling this, this great country of ours. So, in a way to travel that great country is you fly. And sometimes when you fly, if you fly on a, uh, a carrier... You know, an airline carrier of yours that uh, you spend some time flying on, you can you can earn up some points. And I've done that. I'm a gold member for Delta. Delta Sky Miles Gold. And that earns you upgrades. I'll tell you what. There's no better way to fly than first class. First class is the way to fly. I, I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have a company that will fly me Delta Comfort. 
that is a huge step up. I'm a big dude. I'm 6'3", 250-ish. I can stand to lose a few pounds. We'll get there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I can stand to lose a few. But in the meantime, I'm always going to be 6'3". I might shrink a little bit, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a long-legged big dude. A little extra room in the seat's never going to hurt. When you get up to that first class, people, that helps. That helps immensely. Immensely. First class is the way to fly. The problem is I attained this gold status. I, I, I was silver, got up to gold. I attained the gold status because of COVID years. It's basically been like a running 2020, 2021, 2022. Like It's been like this big jumbled up fucking mess because of COVID. And they just like, keep rolling it, keep rolling it. I'm like, I never stopped traveling. I stopped traveling for two months and then I was back at it. I'll tell you what, flying during fucking COVID was so great. There was nobody on the plane. They wouldn't even book. They wouldn't book people next to you. Like you had rows to yourself. It was fucking awesome. I miss it so much. But yeah, now I've got the status that I'm going to lose. Like I don't travel nearly enough to keep it. And I'm not going to have it. I've been spoiled for like, you know, you like started to like get it by like end of middle end of 2021. And they're like, we'll just keep it going to 2022. And I'm like, shit, this is awesome. Like we'll fucking keep it going to 2023. And they're like, fuck you guys. We're going back to normal. We're readjusting this. We're going to set it up. So nobody gets status in 2024. Fuck all of you. I'm going to be fucking riding coach again and airplanes. And God damn it. I am not excited. I don't want that. I don't want that. But it's coming. It's coming, people. I'm scared. I'm scared. All right. I saw this thing about Jerry Reinsdorf. Says a bunch of shit that's going to piss people off. I'm like, okay. I can get behind this. I can get behind hating Jerry Reinsdorf. He was a dude behind breaking up the fucking Bulls. The Michael Jordan Bulls. They won six in a row and they didn't get to fucking defend their title. You know what's never mentioned? We should mention this more often. It was a strike-shortened season. They got an extra, like, two months off and only had to play 50 regular season games before the playoffs started. That would have been so beneficial to the 98 Bulls. Like, if they could have brought people back, like giving them extra rest, shortened season, didn't have to go through a whole 82-game season before the playoffs. You know how beneficial that would have been to them? But no. Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause, we got to break the team up. So I'm like, I'm in. I'm in that heat and Jerry Reinsdorf. And then there's this thing. And this is an article from Bleacher Nation. Jerry Reinsdorf said a bunch of stuff that'll make you mad. Okay, let's fucking hear it. Let's fucking hear it. And now this is these are snippets. But I saw this. I was like, I want to circle back to this. I circled back. I looked at about four or five different articles. They all say about the same thing. First quote. My approach is, has, excuse me, let me start over. My approach has been I never really cared about making money. I just want to win. And that's not what I wanted to do in business. In fact, I better make money in business if I want to win in sports. Okay. 
I get it. Like, make your money in business because sometimes in sports ownership, you like you have to dump a money and bunch of money in the team. Get it. Now that said, his actions don't really speak for those. And the person is good luck finding either Bulls or White Sox. He's the owner of the Bulls and the Chicago White Sox. Good luck finding either Bulls or Sox fan that believes that stand Also, I love how Ron Zerf goes on the can contradict himself. Okay. All right, let's see how he contradicts himself. He says, I don't really remind you that the Chicago Bulls have entered the luxury tax only once in franchise history, do I? Okay, again, yes. The first week I was in sports, somebody said to me, you listen to the fans, you'll be you'll soon be sitting with the fans. You can't allow your decision to be guided by emotion of what you think people want. At the same time, you have to consider what fans want, are thinking, or they're not going to buy your tickets. They say another contradiction of sorts. I get it. But, like, you can't listen to fucking people like me. You have to think just enough. I think this is where he's going. And I can't believe I'm fucking standing up for Jerry Reinsdorf. This is fucking mind-boggling to me. I think what he's saying is you have to listen to fans just enough to get them in the door. This is like the ultimate. It's kind of like a veiled ultimate fuck you. I'm, I'm back to hating them. I love it. But like you can't listen to people like me to run a basketball team or a baseball team. Like if you listen to fucking idiots like me, you're going to end up with, I don't know. I'd fucking tell you to sign Ken Griffey Jr. today if you're running a fucking baseball team. Get the fucking kid back out there. Let him run center. He's fucking 55. I would be all about it. Uh, sports is next quote. Sports is a business of failure. Only one team is going to win every year. But the fact that you finished second, third or fourth, it doesn't mean you had a bad year. I get it. I think the important thing for fans is while they want you to win a championship, they want you to know that when you get to the last month of the season, you still have a shot. You start playing for meaningful games. You can you do that consistently. You'll make your fans happy. Agreed. Like. Agreed. There's not much to think. That said, I think he did a thing one year. It doesn't mention. I think I read another article where he traded away like three of the White Sox top pictures, like 97 or 98, when he was like two and a half games back in Cleveland for the Central Division Championship. So, you know, maybe this is the point. Is that like he's just a walking contradiction? Next quote. It's unbelievably different than the real world. It really is. I just resolved all the inconsistencies by trying to win as often as I can. Knowing you can't. It's a game of failure. Yeah, sports are very different than the real world, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Once again, Jerry Ryan sort of tries, appreciate tries to win games. Bulls have held the ninth lowest winning percentage since 2000. Yeah, they're 45%. They win about half their games. I don't know. I don't know if that's the biggest, like, gotcha. The, the whole thing is this article is supposed to be a gotcha, and I read all the things. I'm like, I don't know if this is as big a gotcha as I think it is. If you think you know more than your general manager, your head coach, then you got the wrong general manager. What you really want are people at all the positions to be better at their job than you are. And sometimes you just have to bite your tongue and have faith. And if you don't have faith, get somebody else. Surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. I get that sentiment. I don't really think. So, yeah, I just don't get all these gotcha articles. Like, yeah, he's a walking contradiction. Isn't he like fucking 80? The old man says shit that doesn't make sense. Like, move on. I, I I literally wrote this down as like, I can't wait to fucking roast Jerry Reinsdorf. And now I'm sitting here like fucking half defending this fucking asshole. He's worth fucking $2 billion. He's 87 years old. And I'm out here fucking kind of defending him. Since the early 90s, he has been considered one of the most, if not influential basketball owners. He has been influential in the, the salary cap and revenue share. He's in the Hall of Fame. How about that? 
He was born to a Jewish family in Brooklyn, New York. He attended the Rasmus High School, Rasmus Hall High School in Brooklyn. He was the son of a sewing machine salesman. He was in the stands the day Jackie Robinson debuted for the Brooklyn Dodgers. How can you not love this fucking guy? What a fucking asshole. I don't care. Fuck him. Uh, uh, Jordan Love signed a one-year contract extension. Extension. We need to we need to make note of that. That was a contract extension. It was not the fifth-year option. The fifth-year option was a guaranteed twenty and change million. The extension is a guaranteed thirteen million, with a chance to earn up to twenty-two. When this was coming out. Our good friend Bill Gardner, he was with us last week, texted us and said, texted me and said, the Packers thinks he sucks. I got to agree. They moved like $7 million off of guarantees into incentives. They think he sucks. You know why they think he sucks? Because I think he sucks. Bill said it. Every fucking highlight is him throwing a 15-yard fucking crosser. I hope I am proven wrong beyond belief. I don't think he's very good. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be in the market for a quarterback next year. And I think it's going to be blatantly obvious by about the sixth game. By about the sixth game. Does the schedule come out yet? Oh, next week. This week. Like what, Thursday this week? Got my, I've got my notes in front of my calendar. The ele- yeah, Thursday. They're going to drop that shit about Thursday, about 5. And no, they usually drop it during the day, don't they? Whatever. It's coming out Thursday. <laughs> I, just, I just don't see it, guys. I just don't see the Packers being good. Ah, it hurts me deep in my soul. Uh... WWE Backlash. Guys. Guys. I watched Backlash. I watched two matches. I watched parts of three matches. I watched a lot of two matches. First of all, the crowd in Puerto Rico? Hot. Hot. On fire. And I'll tell you what match they were really on fire for. Bad Bunny. Versus Damian Priest, that crowd was going fucking ape shit. Bad Bunny, I believe, is from Puerto Rico. I like. I think that's the whole reason why he was on the card. Like here, let me let me double check this so I'm not wrong. Ah, uh, Bad Bunny is a Puerto Rican rapper. Yep, correct. He was born. Oh no, he was born in Puerto Rico. I'm not even starting with saying that. First of all, that match was great, fantastic. Bad Bunny kills it. He does. He does a Canadian destroyer to win the match. Muy bien, muy bien. I even give you a little Spanish there. It's very bad. It's very badly pronounced, but I gave it to you. That crowd was so hot in that match, and it was one of the biggest pops I have heard, maybe ever. Like it's top ten pops when Carlito came back. Don't you hear Carlito? Don't. I spit in the face of people who don't like to be cool. 
They didn't even say that. But Carlito comes out. Carlito still looks good, by the way. How old is Carlito? And the crowd is going fucking berserk. Absolutely berserk. He is 44 years old, and he looked great. Give Carlito one more run in the WWE. Let him go win, like, the Intercontinental title or something. Fuck it. Don't let him win anything. Just let him come out and spit apples in people. The crowd was going absolutely berserk. Savio Vega? How old was Savio Vega? He looked old as shit. He was he was not moving fantastic. Uh, he was almost he's almost 60. Fuck, never mind. He was moving great. He looked in, incredible. I think Selena Vega was on the card. Like they went Puerto Rican heavy and fuck it. Give those fucking people in Puerto Rico everything they want. They were an awesome crowd. That was a great show. Um the the main event was Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. I may be in the minority here. I love Brock Lesnar matches. I love them. I love them. Give me more of them. Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar killed it. Brock was bleeding like a stuck pig. They do a great finish with the, you know, Brock's got Cody in the Kimura. Spoilers. Spoilers, people. If you haven't watched, tough shit because I just spoiled it. Cody, uh, Brock has Cody in the Kimura. Cody gets him, like gets him the pin in the Kimura. Great finish. Oh, God. I watched it this morning, Sunday morning, getting ready to go play golf. Guys, I play golf Saturday and Sunday morning. There is nothing in the world. Absolutely nothing in the world. Like, going first off on Saturday and Sunday mornings, it's going to get warm out. But when you tee off, it's like 60 degrees. There's just a little nip in the air. Maybe you got to wear a pullover for like four holes. It's the best, man. You're playing blazing fast you play by yourself you're done in two hours you play with three people you're done in like three hours you play with a full foursome you're still done in about three hours it's the best time in the world to play golf there's two incredible times to play golf first off end of the night as the sun's setting you tee off with like two hours to play as many holes as you can get in and you are just busting ass to finish 18 holes and any way you tee off, if you tee off, you know, with four guys at five o'clock trying to finish 18 holes before the sun sets, like whenever you tee off and you can finish your last hole as the sun is like down, it's starting to get cool. That's the, that is, mm, those are the two greatest times. Okay. It's time for me to get pissed off. I'm going to get pissed off here. First off. <laughs> There's worse people in the world than a gentleman named Aaron Rupar on Twitter. I'm sure there are. There's got to be. You know why? Because there's other people on Twitter that are fucking worse people in the world. The Taliban is on Twitter. They throw fucking people off buildings because they're gay. They fucking harass women. So they're worse people. The Chinese Communist Party, they massacre millions. I'm sure there's thousands of serial killers on Twitter. But you know what? This motherfucker is a fucking asshole. I can't stand him. He's a douchebag. There's a lot of things I can understand in life. One of the things I can't understand is being like a simp, a bootlicker, um, whatever the fuck you want to call that shit. Like just towing the line for like the establishment, like for whether it's the Republican establishment, the Democratic establishment, whatever fucking bullshit establishment there is. 
just towing the line for them. Like, you know what? You're a socialist. Okay. Like, I disagree with you vehemently. But, like, as long as you're not just towing the line for, like, the establishment talking points and you actually believe that shit, okay. I get it. Again, I don't agree. I don't agree. I'll talk civilly with you. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of raised, raised voice. I'm sure you want to yell at me and call me a fucking idiot. I get it. But Aaron Rupart, this dude does nothing, nothing but gargle on the cock of the Democratic, like, national media establishment-like line. There's nothing else. If CNN and MSNBC and ABC and CBS, and they tell him that's what should be said. That's what this dude fucking tweets about. Oh, Trump bad. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Jimmy's like, oh. Like everything. Everything. It never stops. Someone tweeted about like the murder rates and like which which races kill which other races. And he's like, this is racist. It's like they were just tweeting fucking facts. Just facts. And your fucking bitch ass is this is racist let me gog on the cack. Are you fucking for real? What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tweet this man, I'm gonna send this man Instagram messages, and I'm gonna beg him to come on my podcast. He's gonna say no, and I will say this, rightfully so. He should say no. There is no benefit to him to come on my pod. But I'm looking at you right now, Aaron Rupar. If you have any fucking balls left in that scrunched up fucking sack of yours that just gargles on the cock of CNN and the Democratic media establishment, come on my podcast. Talk to me. You and me, buddy. We'll talk. I swear to God, it'll be the greatest thing ever in your life. You fucking little bitch. God, I hate that fucker. (sighs) Makes me feel better. You know what else makes me uh, angry? Just really fat people that have to get wheeled around in carts at the airport. You know why? Just because I can't walk. Like, they just can't walk that far. It's not because they actually have anything wrong with them. I'm sure in if I see a hundred people getting driven around at carts at the airport and they're super fat, I'm sure there's some people that actually, you know, actually are just like have a problem. Most of them are just fat. And this is coming from a guy with too many pounds on. I will readily admit that. But you know what I can do? I can walk my ass from one fucking gate to the next. Hey, you know what? Maybe if you just fucking walk your ass from the one gate to the next, that'll be the first step for you. And again, I know it. I'm too, I, I weigh too much. I should lose weight. I shouldn't be drinking this, this fine, tasty Miller light here. But you know what? I can walk from one gate to the fucking next. I can walk a quarter of a fucking mile that you have to get fucking golf carted around to. Figure it the fuck out. Figure it the fuck out. I also was asked to talk about Robert Kennedy running against Joe Biden. Let's just keep the hits rolling, people. 
I just want to see him have a debate. I talked about it last week. The DNC didn't want to do a debate. Just do the debate. If he's as bad as everybody says he is, like, he's going to get smoked in the fucking debate. He can't really even talk. Like, he, he struggles, like, he literally has, like, a voice thing. Like, just fucking do the debate. That's all I got. That's all I got with that. Um, Let's talk some fun stuff. Um, This actually isn't fun for the Pac-12. <laughs> the Pac-12, ESPN's out on their, their media negotiations. Their contract ends in 2024. And ESPN has let everybody know they're out. Um, they currently, ESPN already has agreements with the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC. Um, so the Pac-12 media rights with the Fox and the ESPN expire July 1st, 2024. So it's all over. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. If they can't get something locked down quickly, you're going to see teams start jumping out of their directions. Uh, I saw a funny tweet. This was a good one. Let's let's go to funny stuff to end this up. Um, for, first of all, not a tweet. I saw this uh, this page on Instagram, Cartnarks, where they go yell at people who don't put their carts away. That's a great Instagram page. Love it. Uh, there's a brewery. In my hometown now, little hometown, great little spot now. Went and tried it out today. Have a couple leverages today. If you guys can't tell. Uh, love having a brewery in the hometown. Fantastic. And finally, this, this was the tweet I saw. Let me find it. Someone told me, here we go. Someone told me that Harry Potter is supposed to take, take place between 1991 and 1998. Which is ridiculous because not once in seven books does a single character say, man, the Chicago Bulls are having a hell of a run, huh? We're not going to talk about MJ one time between 91 and 98. Like, none of, like, I know that's in England. And so, like, basketball is probably not the biggest thing. But, like, you went to school. Like, if you live in America, you went to school with a couple of kids who are like, oh, you know, European soccer. Like, you got some buddies. They're like, they're really into something across the pond. There's not one dude. There's not one little weirdo up in like the corner of Gryffindor, like, oh, the Bulls. Man, you got to come see the, the Bulls are playing right now. They're like, it's fucking 4 a.m. Leave me alone. Come on. Come on. All right. Let's go wrap this thing up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate all you guys. Let's let's close this thing up. Closing time here. Be back next week. Be some golf tournaments. Be some NBA playoffs. There's going to be more baseball to talk about, apparently, because I'm all the way back in on Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland Guardians. I'm back. I'm back in. Uh, maybe WWE to talk about. Who knows? But it's going to be a great time. You're always going to get my passing thoughts. So we'll see you again next week. I appreciate all you guys. Big thank you to everybody coming out and, uh, you know, watching, watching, and listening to episode number 70. And big thank you to uh, my guy, Kevin. I appreciate you uh, being our producer. Kevin is our producer. He, he won't put producer credits on the end for himself, so I'm going to put him in the episode, and he's going to have to edit him out if he, if he wants to take him out. So uh, thank you to Kevin. Thank you to all you guys. Till, you see, till we see you guys again next week. Peace. <laughs>